You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Acts chapter number 9, and we'll begin reading in verse number 15. I'd like to give us a thought this, more, uh, this evening, and uh, we're so thankful for, again, the opportunity that I have to preach, and uh, it's exciting to see this modular pull onto the property, and uh, you say, why is that exciting? It's even more exciting for me because they, it came in on Monday night, was that Monday night? They came in on Monday night, and they couldn't get it onto the property, and so I was praying, Lord, just help it to be able to get on the property, and they tried for about 45 minutes or an hour at night uh, with basically no help. Brother Chris Jones was there uh, by chance and was trying to direct him or whatever else, but they couldn't get in. And uh, so they just said, hey, wh what are we going to do with it? And they came and parked it on the church property, and it was out here. And uh, I was just praying, you know, maybe they're just going to have to take it back. I don't know. And uh, we're talking about taking down fences or whatever, but uh, the guy today literally came around the corner at about 35 miles an hour and just turned that. No, it wasn't that fast, but uh, he was in. I was watching him, and uh, he was quick. And I went by and said, man, the other guys couldn't even get it in. And he just looked at me and said, I'm a professional. And uh, so I'm not sure what that said about the other guys, but nonetheless, Acts chapter number 9 and verse number 15, the Bible says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse number 16, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'd like to focus on one phrase there tonight, and that's in verse number 15. The Bible says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel. With God's help, I'd like to preach some messages tonight on a chosen vessel. A chosen vessel, and specifically characteristics of a Christian, or characteristics that should define a Christian. And let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the Word of God. I thank you so much that there's power in your Word. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to have wisdom as I preach. I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. I pray that you'd allow me to have wisdom to convey the thoughts that you've given to me. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage those who may be discouraged. I pray that you restore the backslider. God, I pray that you give us strength to continue to take a stand for you and to fulfill your will for our lives. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. A chosen vessel. You know, when I think about that word vessel, I think about... Uh, several different things that come to mind, and I've uh, grabbed a few things that I thought of when I think about a vessel, and I've got a, a few different ones here uh, that I brought in. I'm, I'm trying to be careful with these because some of these are decorations, and uh, I'm not sure that we've ever even used these at our house, but they're in our drawers, amen? They're in our cabinets, and uh, some of them are, you know, nicer than others maybe, but I've got a few different ones here, and if you can look, uh, these are all different. You'd agree with that, right? They're different. Uh, some are a little bit different shape, maybe some are clear, some are uh, not clear, and uh, this one's even an off-white color. But uh, I'm thinking about a vessel, and uh, these vessels here were made, and again, some of them were made for decorations, that somebody sees it at the, the you know, the wise favorite store uh, that, uh, you know, is, uh, I'm trying to think of all my wise favorite stores and uh, <laughs> that are not my favorite stores, but they go there and they look and there's all these uh, decorations is like, oh man, that would look so nice to just, you know, sit there all year long, and then, and really it's not all year long, it's for a month or two, 
and then they put it away and then something else goes there and then about a week later something else goes there and so on and so forth and we talked to we've had a discussion about uh, the paint in our house and I just feel like hey we chose the paint colors for our house amen and that's just how it should be forever but they don't feel that way and then the the conversation came up and it said well painting is a lot less expensive than cars and uh, I just said okay you can paint whatever color you want to paint it's fine but uh, you know what a vessel when we're talking about a chosen vessel a vessel is made to be filled you know we as Christians are, are vessels and our goal in life is not just to look pretty and set on a shelf and say hey you know what I got saved hey I got baptized that that uh, now I'm a vessel, I'm chosen vessel of God, so now you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to look good. And I'm just not going to be used, I'm just going to sit there and do whatever else. No, a vessel is made to be filled by God. A vessel is made to be used. And uh, I like to just talk about characteristics in a Christian's life and just relate it in verse 15 and verse number 16. In verse 15 it says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. You know what, I don't know about you, but uh, growing up, uh, when they'd play sports on the playground, I was always excited when I would get chosen. Amen? I wasn't excited when I was not chosen. You ever been there before? And it's like, hey, we're going to play kickball. Everybody line up that wants to play, and everybody lines up, and they start picking out the... The, the, the tallest or the biggest or the best kickers or whatever else and you're standing there in line and you're like hey that's my buddy he's going to pick me just because I'm his friend but that doesn't happen and they're picking and they're picking and they're picking and finally after the last person is picked then they tell that last person and you get him I'm so glad that God didn't do that to us that he's like, hey, you know what, this person's last, so guess what, you get him. No, the Bible says here that he's a chosen vessel unto me. And you know what, I always like being on the winning team, amen? There were some teams that the captains are there and they start picking the teams and I kind of hide behind somebody else. And I'm like, I don't want to go to that team because I know what's going to happen. And then you get picked for that team. But you know what, we're talking about the Lord's team. We're talking about God choosing us to be on his team, if you will. It says chosen, uh, he's a chosen vessel unto me. You know what, uh, it feels good to be chosen. And by the way, God chose us, not for the other team. You know what, uh, the Bible says, uh, or we, we hear that song that says, wonderful things in the Bible I see, but this is the dearest that Jesus loves me. Hey, if you were the only person in the world, God would have sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And you know what? That's a humbling thought. I, uh, there, there should be something different about us. Why is that? Because we're chosen. Hey, if these vessels are all here and we're saying, hey, I need a vessel that's going to pour out some unsweetened tea. No, no, we don't have that, right? I'm gonna, we're going to get some extra sweet tea. And this is the you look around and you say, hey, this is the one that I'm going to pick to be used. Hey, this vessel has been chosen out of a group of vessels. And again, that's us in our lives. Out of the group of vessels, out of the group of people, if you will, God has chosen us. And by the way, that chosen is not just to sit on a shelf. That chosen is so that we can be used of God. Hey, so that we can be filled with God's Spirit. Hey, so that we can accomplish a task that we couldn't accomplish without His help and without His power. It's been said by one scholar that a vessel is chosen and appointed for service 
in order to bear spiritual fruit in our lives. Hey, and by the way, you know what you think about being chosen, uh, some of the things that can hinder us in our lives is our past. And if you would look at verse number 13, the Bible says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many, uh, but heard by many of this man. And he's talking about this man that the Lord says that he's chosen. He says, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And he's saying, hey, I'm bringing up this individual's past. And I know, Lord, you said, uh, you know, you, you've chosen him and you've got a task for him. But God, don't you know what he used to do and where he's been? And I'm so glad that God can look at our lives and say, hey, it's under the blood. Amen. And no matter what our past is, God can continue to use us. But the devil reminds us of our past. And the devil says, hey, you can't be used of God because look what you've done. And you know what God says? Hey, I can still use you if we choose uh, to be used by God. We are all chosen. And to be chosen is to be set apart because it's chosen from a group for God's purpose. And your past doesn't control your future. Maybe you've made some mistakes along the way before you were saved. Hey, maybe you've made some mistakes after you were saved. God can still use you. Hey, if we're still breathing, if we're still alive, God still has a plan for us. Hey, maybe you've dropped out of church somewhere along the way. And I think COVID is, you know, there's a reason, you know, they, they canceled church and said, hey, you can't come back and that's still going on. But maybe somewhere along the line, you're still using an excuse to stay out of church. Hey, let me just say, the Bible still says not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. But as the manner of some is, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And you know what? Nothing in this life happens by mistake. And I believe the devil's goal is to get people out of church. And if we're not attending church faithfully, then you know what's going to happen? Do we think that we're going to grow, spiritually speaking? Do we think that we're going to continue to grow in Christ if we're not even obeying God's command? And I think we do need to be careful at times, but at the same time, you know what? We need to do what God has called us to do. Hey, maybe you've got offended. Hey, maybe somebody said something or something's happened in life. You know what it's time to do? It's time to say, hey, God, you know what? I'm a chosen vessel. Please still use me in my life. You know what I don't want? I don't want it to be, hey, I'm chosen by God. I'm chosen for a purpose. I'm chosen for a plan. And then God just kind of sets us on the shelf because we decide not to be used of God. The devil wants you to quit. Hey, don't let him win. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. You say, well, who did he choose? He chose you, amen. amen. And you may think, well, you know what? Uh, I'm not sure that God chose me or whatever else. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I'm so glad that there's not a select few. I'm so glad that, you know what, he chose us because he knew that we were going to choose him. Hey, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. So what happens now that we're chosen? Hey, when we're chosen, we're set apart. There are some things that we should do when we're set apart. Amen. Hey, when we're chosen by God's, we would agree that there's some things that we should do. Hey, but by the same token, there's some things that we should not do as a chosen vessel. You know what, it, it goes on to say, to bear my name, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but if I were to take a, a marker and write your name on here, I didn't bring a marker because I didn't want my wife to get upset at me because this is going to go back in the cabinet on the, 
the third shelf where, where it was before. But uh, nonetheless, you know what? You can picture your name written on there, and that's us, and we're, we're, we've got our name, and, but it's not just about us. All of a sudden, that name gets wiped out. Somebody else's name is written on there because we represent something greater than ourselves. And I remember when I was working at the Palo Alto Police Department in California, and one of my sergeants there, uh, uh, he, he, he played this video, and the video was dealing with the NFL, and they had a representative from the NFL that was talking to all of these college recruits. And all these college recruits had just been drafted in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it was the, the first round or the second round or however many rounds that they have. And they're all in this room. And this NFL representative was talking to them. And he said, hey, uh, uh, realize that you, what you're doing right now is a privilege and not a right. And he said, hey, by being drafted into the NFL, you are representing the NFL with what you do now. Not only on the field, but off the field. And he goes on to say that, hey, when one of you drive a car and you're drunk and you get into an accident, I'm the one that they call. And they don't just say, hey, it's such and such. They say NFL player such and such. And he said, don't make me have to uh, uh, remove your position or remove you from being there because of what you do off of the field. And let me just say this. And so that sergeant went on to say that, hey, as a police officer, we represent something greater than ourselves. We represent not only the department, but we represent police officers as a whole. And he says, if you go out there and do something that's ignorant, guess what? People aren't going to look and just say, hey, that's this individual. They say, hey, that's a Palo Alto police officer that did that. And then they say, hey, that's a police officer that did that. And the next thing you know, it's like, well, all police officers do it because I saw this guy do it. Well, you know what? That applies to us as Christians as well. You know, we bear his name. What is it? Christian. What's the first part of that word? Christ. We bear his name. So number one, characteristics of a Christian, we must be set apart. And set apart means, again, you've got all these vessels. One is chosen. That vessel is now set apart for a purpose. But number two, it says here, uh, but the Lord has said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. You know what? Characteristics of a Christian, they're set apart. Number two, they're a soul winner. You know what God has chosen you to do? Hey, it's great to say, hey, God chose me. And hey, I'm so glad that I'm saved and that God gave me the opportunity and I trusted Christ as my Savior. But it's not just fire insurance. We're supposed to do something with it. Hey, we must be set apart. There's some things that we should do. There's some things that we shouldn't do we'd all agree that there should be a difference in those that are saved than those that are not saved. So the question is, so what do you do differently because you're chosen? To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. You know what? That's what we're called to do, to bear His name. Hey, everywhere we go, we're bearing the name of Christ. You know what? Everything we say, everything what we do, we're bearing the name of Christ. Well, let me ask you this question. When's the last time that you told someone else about Him? There's a song that says, Let them see Jesus in me. Is the face that I see in the mirror the one I want others to see? Do I show in the way that I walk in my life the love that you've given to me? My heart's desire is to be like you in all that I do. Uh, all, uh, I, I do all that I am. Do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love and your grace? 
Do I reflect who you are in the way I choose to be? Do they see Jesus, Jesus in me? God chose you. The question is, do you choose to reflect him in what you say and what you do? And by the way, whether we choose to or not, we do. And others look at us and they use that as an excuse of, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that because he's a Christian and you know what he does? And you know what? I don't want to be somebody else's excuse. And by the way, they may find another excuse and we may falter, we may fail, but I don't want to be somebody excuse, somebody's excuse to not come to church or to not do what's right because I always fly off the handle or I'm always upset or I'm always doing things that I ought not to be doing. You know what? I want God to use me in my life because I bear his name. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Before Jesus left this earth in Acts 1.8, he said, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The question is, when is the last time you told somebody about him? You're chosen by him, set apart. Hey, you bear his name. Let me just say this, we choose every day to tell someone about him, or we choose to not tell somebody about him. When is the last time that we ask God, God, bring somebody in my path that I can invite to church? Hey, bring somebody in my path that I can tell the good news. Hey, bring somebody in my path that's hurting, that's struggling, that's having a difficulty, so I can share with them the greatest news in all the earth. And by the way, that's what it's all about. Saul was chosen for a purpose. He was chosen to bear God's name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. That's vast uh, groups that are happening there. And let me just say this. We never know who we are going to witness to. You never know that individual that you're talking to that may get saved and what they, what they can do or who they can witness to or whatever else. All we can do is just say, hey, God, help me to be faithful with reaching others for the cause of Christ. Number one, when you're chosen, you're set apart. Number two, when you're chosen, you bear his name. Characteristics of a Christian is bearing his name. And lastly, number three, in verse number 16, the Bible says, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. You know what, if, if we were to ask in the beginning, hey, guess what? You know what, uh, we can be chosen by God for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we're like, hey, you know what? Salvation, saved from hell, all about what Jesus did when he died on the cross. Hey, you know what I believe? And then we get baptized and show everybody else that we've got saved. Hey, now we're bearing his name. Hey, you know what? I, I, I'll do that when I'm comfortable or when, when it works out in my schedule or maybe it's been a little while. But how about this? Chosen for suffering. Well, you know what? I think I'd rather sit on the shelf. But you know what? There are some things that come with suffering. And he's talking about Paul here. And it's amazing in Paul's life that God had some suffering set up for Paul. But you know what happened in Paul's life as a result of that suffering? In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Bible says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And watch what he says here. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. Why is that? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. I would dare say that, you know what, when we're chosen, we're set apart, hey, we bear his name, 
And then we just say, hey, you know what, that suffering part, that standing up for Jesus part, what are people going to think? I just want to fit in the crowd. Uh, and we just sit on the shelf. I would dare say that we're not going to experience the power of Christ in our lives until we take a stand. Until we say, you know what, I'm willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. And let me just say this, the suffering that I'm, not, that I'm talking about here today is not anything like what it is in other countries right now. You know what, and I'm careful how I say this, but literally in countries there are still lockdowns right now. And even before the lockdowns took place, there are some countries where they can't even go to church or they fear imprisonment. They can't even go to church or they fear what's going to happen with them. And you read about North Korea even recently and some things happened and they, 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 they tortured and they executed people there. That's what suffering really is. But the question is, are you willing to be inconvenienced? I'm not talking about being beaten. I'm not talking about being arrested. I don't, I don't know that I could stand up with authority and say that and say, hey, it's illegal to go out soul winning. Hey, it's illegal to tell somebody about Christ. But are you willing to do something illegal? Are you willing to go to jail in order to obey God's command? But we're not saying that. All we're saying, are you, are you willing to be inconvenienced? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone to tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Because souls are dying. Hey, who else is reaching them if we don't? This should be the lighthouse for our community. But the question is, are you willing? And again, I say suffering, but maybe it's just inconvenienced. Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Because you know what happens when we're doing what God says? Hey, you know what? And maybe the suffering does come. And maybe it's something financial. And maybe it's something with our family or with our friends or with our health that takes place. But you know what, in those times of need, in those times of despair, in those times of trouble, and I can say in my life that, I mean, there was a time maybe in college when I didn't know how where the money was going to come from, and I didn't know what I was going to do with the job. And I remember opening that book, Pastor, praying, asking, and receiving. And I remember that bedside that I sat down, and as I read that book, and there was an illustration about a guy that didn't have a job. And it says, and he said, well, you don't have a job. Because you've not asked God for it, you've not claimed it, because God already said, I'm going to give you one. And he said, will you pray the prayer of faith and ask him to give you that job? And I remember uh, feeling, uh, you know, a, a special feeling, if you will, at that time. And I, I said, you know what, I'm going to pray that prayer and see what happens. And on that bedside in that college dorm room, I prayed and said, hey, God, you promised to provide my needs. Hey, God, I'm trying to do what you've called me to do. Hey, I surrender to what you have for my life, but I don't have a job, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but I'm claiming that you provided, and I'm claiming that you're going to give me something. And you know what? Almost instantaneously, the phone rang. And that was a time when we didn't have cell phones. There was a dorm phone, and there were like 13 guys that shared this phone. And the phone started ringing. I'm like, well, who's going to answer that? There's nobody else there. And so I go over to the phone and I answer it and said, hello. And he says, hey, is this Dan Bybee? I said, it is. He says, my name's Gary Backus and I work for this company. And uh, he said, I heard you were looking for a job. I said, I am. And he said, well, you know what? Uh, uh, a mutual friend, that's what he said. A mutual friend told me that I'd like to offer you a job. You know who that mutual friend is? It's God. To this day, I don't know who it was. But you know what, at that time, you know what, God increased my faith. But you know what, if we didn't have those points in our lives where we needed God and said, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation, then you know what, the power of Christ cannot rest upon us. 
But we've got to be willing to say, hey, God, you know what? I'm willing to be inconvenienced for your cause. Hey, God, I'm willing to take a stand. Never in my life did I think in my lifetime that there would be a time when they said, hey, you cannot go to church anymore. And again, I'm not, I'm not, uh, what happened, happened. I, I, but I never thought that they would, with authority, say that. But you know what? It's going to get a lot worse. And there may be one day that they say, hey, you know what? Because of whatever else, we're, you can't go at all. And you're going to have to take a stand. You're going to have to decide, what am I going to do about it? But let me just say this. When we take a stand, hey, the greater the suffering, the greater the grace. Hey, the greater the, the pain, the greater the torture, the greater that God steps in and says, hey, my grace is sufficient for thee. And why did Paul joy? Why did Paul have joy in infirmities? Because at that point in time, he experienced God's grace. He experienced God's power and the fullness of God. You know what I want in my life? God's fullness. You know what I want in my life? God's power and God to do something great with my life. Well, guess what? He's chosen you. You're a chosen vessel and you know what? You're separate. You're not the same as that crowd anymore. There should be a difference in your lives. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Thus saith the Lord. But you know what we like is just casual Christianity. And so many churches are going to, because they just say, hey, I want the unsaved to feel comfortable in church. Well, they shouldn't feel comfortable if they're not saved. So we just dim everything down and carry the same music and do whatever else because we want people to feel comfortable. But the reality is, you know what? I want to be separate. Hey, I want to be set apart. And you know what? Uh, uh, a chosen characteristics of a Christian, number one, set apart. Number two, a soul winner. God's called us to tell others. When's the last time that we told somebody else about Christ? And number three, suffering. And again, that suffering may just be the word inconvenient. Are you willing to be inconvenienced in order to have God's power rest upon your life? I would dare say this, if we're not following what God has already told us to do, we're not going to have God's power. If we're getting less and less of church, if we're getting less and less of the Bible, if we're getting less and less of power, uh, less and less of prayer, it's going to catch up. And you know what it's going to take then to get you back? A tragedy. Lord, I don't want a tragedy in my life to have to happen before I, God gets a hold of me. You know what I want to say? God, get a hold of me right now. Use me for your power and for your glory to bear his name. We are all chosen vessels. If we're living and breathing, you're a chosen vessel. And you know what God wants you to do? He wants to use you. He wants to pour yourself out that he can fill you and use you for his purpose. Are we willing to be used by God? A chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week. Thank you.